It's time to drop the gloves. Welcome, everybody, to a show where we drink beer, talk sports, and have all kinds of shenanigans. I am your host, Charlie, reminding you that the beer of the month is the Hofbrau Original from Munich, Germany, 5.1% alcohol by volume. However, I will not be starting off the show with that. Instead, I can't fight this feeling anymore. I forgot what I started fighting for. I have caved. I am going to start off with the West Side Brewing Oktoberfest Marzen Style Lager out of Cincinnati, Ohio, 5.2% alcohol by volume. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because we're getting closer to football season. We're only uh, a week or two away from uh, September when it's really Oktoberfest. But I can't fight this. I can't fight this anymore. I can't. I, I got I got to do the Oktoberfest. I, I, I have to. And, and it's been sitting in my fridge for two weeks now, two or three weeks now. And it's just like, come on, Charlie. You know you want it. You know you want. Yes. Yes. I love Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest Marzen style is my favorite style beer. I, I love it. I wish it wasn't seasonal, but I mean, this is one of the reasons why I love the season of fall or autumn, however you want to pronounce it. But before I crack it, I want to welcome everybody um, of the nations of Drop the Gloves Army, USA, Canada, Germany, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Australia, Poland, Sweden, Finland, Switzerland, Ireland, India, and Spain. Welcome, guys, to the show. Three, two, one, crack it. A little bit of a late crack there. Oh man, it, now it feel now it feels like we're in Oktoberfest. Now it feels like it, man. West Side West Side Brewing out of Cincinnati, Ohio. If anyone is listening to this within the greater Cincinnati area, I'm telling you guys, if you haven't tried them, you gotta you gotta try West Side Brewing. They've we have never had a bad beer on this show from them. Never had a bad beer. Love everything we've tried from them. So I definitely recommend them. I truly believe they are the best and probably one of the most underrated uh craft breweries in the greater Cincinnati area. Everybody thinks of like Rheingeist, Mad Tree, Braxton, uh Wooden Cask, Darkness, Beer Kiss, I and I'm trying to think of all the other Ohio ones. I, I know Madry and Right Guys will not make it to the uh uh brew tour this uh or brewery tour this year. Uh Taft's Taft's we went to. I but man, Westside, you guys are awesome. Love every beer, the Oktoberfest. Absolutely fantastic and definitely worth the wait, even though it was only two weeks. All right. Well, beer's cracked. We got some we got some big stuff to talk about, and that we got hockey, we got NFL, we got uh, college football, because college football is just right around the corner. It's only just a few days away, guys. If you can believe it, we are so close, and that means we'll have week one college matchups on this episode. So you guys will get to hear the matchups of the picks, and I'm going to uh, put the games or the picks on on the uh, drop the gloves instagram story uh at drop the gloves podcast all lowercase all one word and I, and you guys get to pick or vote on the matchups that i choose uh this way it can be kind of a uh 
H host Charlie versus the world kind of thing. So it's like the audience versus the host. Who can pick the better who who can have the most correct picks this college football season since I am uh, without a co-host still. So I thought that would be a really great way for you guys to get involved. I'll even put up one matchup on Spotify uh, poll in the, in the poll section. So if you guys are listening on Spotify right now, you guys can go to the poll and you guys can pick. You get to pick the winner, the team that you think will win the matchup. So, all right. But before we get to college football, we'll, we'll get to that here shortly but i just want to remind you guys if you're listening on spotify you can go to the poll in the spotify show notes and pick your winner and then also if you guys are following at drop the gloves podcast all lowercase all one word on instagram stories you can pick the winner as well all right so that that announcement is over let's get to some of the news and the opinions so uh we'll kind of start out with a little bit of a sad news uh just to get it out of the way um iconic buffalo sabers broadcaster rick generet dies at age 81 following a two-year battle with multi-organ failures he was the broadcaster for the team from 1971 to 2022 his last call happened on april 29th 2022 with the sabers winning in overtime over the chicago blackhawks um i think the most iconic call that he's ever had in his career and i can't i can't say i ever heard it as uh before or when it actually happened uh because i wasn't alive when it happened Montaigne, he gets tripped up gets it to me and over the line he's me going in on goal he shoots he I think that is really the call that everybody associates with him. I, I think it really is. So um, definitely um, uh, am thinking about the uh, Buffalo Sabres organization, even though a couple months ago I did say uh, I'm happy that the Cincinnati Cyclones, the local team here in the greater Cincinnati area, uh, is no longer affiliated with you guys. However, this is a different matter entirely. Somebody of the Buffalo Sabres organization has passed. Um, 81 years old. I mean, he was an iconic broadcaster. Have to give him that. I mean, I he, even though I'm not a, a Buffalo Sabres fan, I have heard him before. I have seen the Mayday call, which I still think is the most iconic one that he's he's ever had. And and I, I just want to say uh, thoughts and prayers to you guys, to the Buffalo Sabres organization, and to the Generet family. Um, Truly will be missed, truly sad, and uh, but at the same time, what it I don't know what it is, but what an amazing like he had an amazing voice, and that um, I mean, you know, how you say that about like singers and musicians or whatever, it's like wow, what a voice for broadcasters. I mean, it, he, he just had that voice, you know, it's one of those voices where you hear him, he the whole thing's exciting, you're into it. I think that's awesome. And that I, I really think um, he he's he's up there with possibly one of the greats um, of all time when it comes to hockey broadcasting. So uh, real quick uh, moment of silence uh, 
for Rick Jenneret's uh, family and the Buffalo Sabres. Thank you. All right, so with other hockey news, I guess you could kind of say we're still on a sad note, even after uh, just covering uh, Rick Jeanette's death. Um, so kind of a bit more sad news for me as a Boston Bruins fan. Uh, David Krejci, this past Monday, retired after 16 seasons. And, oh, dear Lord, it's, I mean, as a Boston Bruins fan, you had to have known that this was eventually coming. It's just like the same thing with Patrice Bergeron a few weeks ago. I mean, we kind of knew that was coming. We thought it was coming last year. Okay, last offseason during the whole Boston Bruins crisis episode, we thought it was going to happen. We thought Bergeron was going to retire. I mean, what when was that episode? That had to have been like late July or something, August. I mean, when you find out that your head coach gets fired, uh, was it Bruce Cassidy getting fired uh, from the Boston Bruins, which I still didn't understand or still don't believe, uh, hiring Jim Montgomery, former assistant coach of the Dallas Stars, David Pasternak being uh, very happy with the decision, and then you had Krejci and um, Bergeron in limbo. Bergeron, who actually played last year with the team, Krejci came back from the Czech Republic or Czechia to um, play this last season with the uh Boston Bruins. So, I mean, we knew that these players, th this, this moment was coming. I don't think any of us was thinking that they both happen at the same time, almost the same time. Bergeron, I think it was ahead by two weeks ahead of Krejci's retirement, but within two weeks of each other, Bergeron retires after 19 Krejci after 16, and now that just leaves a whole lot of questions about the Boston Bruins this upcoming season. Will they make the playoffs? Who's going to be that top-line center? Who is, uh, who's going to step up in terms of points leader? Because Bergeron and Krejci were two out of the Bruins' top five point scorers uh, last year. Pasternak being number one. Marshawn was two. Bergeron was three. Pavel Zaka was uh, four. And then Krejci was five. So, I mean, the big question is who steps up? Who steps up for the Boston Bruins? Pavel Zaka seems to be getting the nod or seems to be, um, how should I put this? He seems to be the one who's next in line. Everybody's turning to him. Like, you're you're going to be the next top center. Um, projected forward lines, uh, top line, you could have Marshawn, Coyle, and Pasternak. Uh, second line, you could have Van Riemsdyk, which I still can't believe Boston signed. Zaka, then DeBrusque. Uh, DeBrusque, who I think is a great winger uh, for the uh, Bruins organization. Uh, third line, you got Lauko, Geeky from Seattle, Frederick, who uh, settled in uh, in arbitration with the uh, Boston Bruins earlier this year. Uh, Luchik being on the last line with Boquist and Greer. I, I like Charlie Coyle, not just because me and him share the same first name, but I like Charlie Coyle. But 
if Zaka is projected to get that nod of being like, you know, next in line to be a top performer, why not put him on the same line with Pasternak and Marshan? Unless, of course, you're thinking, you know, you got to spread that, um, you got to spread that around. And that if you have those top three guys out on the ice at one time, what's that going to say about the other three lines? Well, you step up. You got to step up then. I mean, Zaka being on line two, I would put him at line one. Coil at two. Geeky, I don't know you. And that, and Boquist, I don't really know much about you either. And that, But, I mean, if you guys are three and four, then have at it. But I would switch Coil and Zaka. That'd be just me. And then I watched something on uh, Instagram uh, from the NHL Network channel and they bring in this guy um what is his name pete jensen pete jensen and that thank you captain obvious and that if, if you guys don't know what i'm talking about go and watch this clip because there is somebody in the studio who is zoom interviewing this pete jensen character and asking him like will the bruins make the playoffs uh, what are the big question marks uh, and all that? And he's like, I mean, he's stating the obvious. He's stating the obvious. Well, it'll be tough to see what they do, uh, given that Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci uh, are no longer with the team. Um, there's possibility that uh, Linus Olmark uh, could not, will probably not win um, back-to-back Vizina Trophy. Um it's possible that Swayman could overtake uh, Olmark uh, for the starting position this year because we have seen uh, goaltenders who have won the Vizina one year. The next year they lose a step or they go or they go from the one A spot to the one B spot for goalie. It's like, thank you, Captain Obvious. Like we weren't all thinking this. I'm more wondering, like, okay, Krejci and uh, Bergeron are gone. Are we sure we're content? as an organization with Zaka and uh, Coyle being the potential two guys for the top center position. Are we content with that? Because there are still notable free agents out there, okay? There is still plenty of people out there who are looking for a job this upcoming season, 2023-2024 season. There's still people looking. And I heard earlier today uh, as of this recording, Jonathan Toes has decided he's going to take the year off. I mean, we've already started with the old-timer signing by getting Re- Reemstijk, Luchik. Sorry, Luchik. Uh, I still love you. Uh, but uh, Shattenkirk from the Ducks. I mean, it's like, okay, why don't we just keep up with the old-timers tour? You know, let's just sign everybody who's past their prime. Let's get Jonathan Toes in here. That would make Chicago Blackhawks fans' heads explode. And to be honest with you, I know at least one or two Chicago Blackhawks fans, and I would love to watch them explode. I really would. It would. I mean, after 2013, I just want to watch their heads explode. I really do. I think that'd be fun. It'd be really fun to watch. I, I wonder if it's like a watermelon exploding. And that's kind of what I wonder. Is it a watermelon exploding? Because if that's the case, I've seen plenty of videos of that, and they are cool. But yeah, it's like, come on. Thank you, Captain Obvious Pete Jensen from the NHL Network, sitting in your nice comfy chair in your living room, uh, and that 
just saying, just stating the obvious that uh, it's going to be tough to see what the Boston Bruins do. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And that's just me. And I'm a diehard Boston Bruins fans, guys. I am a diehard fan. Okay? And I know this upcoming season is going to be tough. I know. I know it. Deep down in, in here, I know it. And that... I mean, I, I mean, even last year, I doubted the ability, the coaching ability of Jim Montgomery. I was like, what's this guy going to do? He was an assistant coach with Dallas. He got fired. And that, what's he going to do? Now, was it Bruce Cassidy winning the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights? Was it that? No, that was not the outcome. Was it one of the best regular seasons we've ever seen in the past, I don't know, 10, 20 years? Yes, Absolutely. It is one of the best regular seasons. However, it didn't equate to the playoffs. Again, stating the obvious. I am this time. But I, 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 I've bought in. But then again, it doesn't help. It, it, it doesn't hurt if you have the likes of Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand, Coyle, DeBrusque, Krejci. It doesn't hurt when you have those guys. And then you have two elite top goaltenders, Swayman and Olmark. McAvoy on defense, Lindholm on defense. It doesn't hurt to have all those guys and to make a team that is already so, so well put together to make a season like that. Now it's just, now it's going to be a challenge. Now we have second year Jim Montgomery. Now we have the Bruins after the one of the greatest regular season performances we've ever seen in, in our generation, maybe. And that, and I'm speaking as a millennial. I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge. It is, and I, I, I mean, part of me is kind of thinking, at best, second wild card position. At best, that's what I'm thinking. And uh, I don't see Boston being a top three uh, division contender. Best case scenario is they win a wild card spot, one or two. Worst case scenario. They missed the playoffs by a few games. Like, they needed to win a few crucial games in order to get it. But who knows? Maybe they'll approach Jonathan Toes during this uh, time that he's taking off since he is not going to be with the Chicago Blackhawks this upcoming season. And best of luck to you, Chicago Blackhawks, with your Connor Bedard and all, and your rising ticket sales and merchandise. Good luck with that. Did anybody watch him sign the contract? And I thought it was funny that his dad had to sign him, sign the contract too. It's like, oh, dad, please sign my permission slip so I can go play hockey in Chicago. All right. Sorry. But that that's pretty much it for hockey. That that that's it. I mean, pretty much. Oh, uh, Real quick, Kale McCarr is the NHL 24 cover athlete um, for the new upcoming game. Can he break? Um, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if you can call it a curse or not. It's not like the Madden curse. Like whoever is the cover athlete for Madden, they end up getting hurt. And that it, so that's why there's the that that Madden curse. And if you get the cover of the uh, uh, video game, but for uh hockey if you make the cover um i think was it only two out of the last 22 i think uh players who were on the cover for nhl um video game only two of them made it out of the first round of the playoffs so every other 
person. So the other 18, or sorry, two out of 22. So 20, I failed math, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so 20 out of 22 either didn't make the playoffs or they lost in the first round. And then the other two, and I can't remember who they were. I know one of them, I think it was Patrick Kane. I think Patrick Kane was one of them. Chicago Blackhawks ended up winning uh, the Stanley Cup the year that he was on the cover. And I'm trying to think, who was the other one? Can't think of it. But there was, there, there was two. I know that. There was at least two players who made it past the first round uh, who were the cover athletes for the for the video game. So best of luck to you, Kale. Uh, best of luck to you, Colorado Avalanche. We'll see how this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it wannabe curse, uh, does this upcoming year. So let's move on to college football. So here we go, guys. We got news and we got matchups. Let's do matchups first. All right. So here are the week one matchups that I have chosen. Again, you guys can go to at Drop the Gloves Podcast all lowercase, all one word, on Instagram, stories, and that the six matchups that I have for week one are Navy versus Notre Dame, North Carolina State versus UConn, Florida versus Utah, Nebraska versus Minnesota, Loserville, I mean Louisville, versus Georgia Tech, and then the Battle of the Miamis, Miami, Ohio, Goes to Miami, Florida. So here are my picks. Uh, I'm going to continue on with my tradition of uh, rooting against Notre Dame. And I don't have to worry about getting hit uh, by my co-host because he is not here. Um, So I don't have to worry about him hitting me for saying, go Navy. Sink Notre Dame. Game will be played in Ireland uh, this uh, coming week. I I would love to have gone and seen this game in person. And I do have Navy gear, so I probably would have worn Navy if I went to the game over in Ireland. So, hey, Ireland, uh, you guys are part of Drop the Gloves Army. I'm sure you guys are probably a little bit mad that I picked Navy because Notre Dame is the Fighting Irish. I know you guys are going to probably, you know... Uh, was it uh, acclimate to them real well? I mean, but this is—I think what is it? This is the third or fourth time that Notre Dame has gone to play over in Ireland. So I mean, if you're not already like adopting some of these players already, then what's the matter with you? Um, so go Navy, sink Notre Dame. Uh, North Carolina State versus UConn. I'm going to go with the Wolf Pack. Going to go with North Carolina State on this one. Uh, I mean, this is week one, guys. There's not much to really go on here. All I know is that North Carolina State, they they had a pretty good season last year. Uh, a few upsets here or there in the ACC. Um, UConn being an independent school for football still makes really no sense to me. I mean, how is that possible? Just join a conference. Same thing for you, Notre Dame. Just join a conference. Everybody's joining conferences left and right, left and right. Uh, so North Carolina State, go Wolfpack. Um, Florida versus Utah. I cannot stand any other SEC schools. I'm a, I'm a Kentucky fan, so that means I'm against everyone else SEC. So go Utah. Let's go Utes. All right. Uh, 
Utah being one of the was it Pac-12 schools that is uh, opting to leave the Pac-12 to go join the Big 12 possibly next season. Uh, the Pac-12 has essentially kind of imploded. We'll get to more. Uh, we'll get to a little bit of news and opinions about that here shortly after the picks. Uh, but I got to go to Utah. I can't I can't pick Florida. Can't do it. Then we have a Big Ten matchup in week one. We got Nebraska versus Minnesota. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Nebraska. I'm doing this for one of my coworkers. I'm doing this for one of my coworkers. He's uh he's from Nebraska. He just moved back. Um, if you're listening, uh Aiden, I'm picking Nebraska. Okay. I am picking the Cornhuskers. All right. Even though I give you a lot of crap about Iowa being the number one corn producer in the state, and, and just so you know, you can totally tell the difference between the tastes. Okay. You can totally tell that Iowa is better has better corn than Nebraska. I'm sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. But it's true. Iowa corn does taste better. But I am rooting for Nebraska to beat Minnesota in this week one matchup. And then Loserville, I mean Louisville. Golly, why do I keep doing that? Um, Louisville versus Georgia Tech. So we have an ACC matchup here. Um, well, let's see here. Given the fact that I can't uh, stop calling them Loserville... I think I'm going to have to go with the uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I think that seems like a good pick. I mean, it's week one, guys. I mean, th these are shots in the dark at best. Nothing to really go on. You can't really judge too much on past season performance unless you actually watched them, kept up with them, and actually know what they did. I only know that Notre Dame lost to Marshall last year, and I should have picked Marshall, but I chose notre dame stupid charlie stupid i should have picked marshall i i got i'm just going to go with georgia tech i mean this is a shot in the dark blind shot in the dark georgia tech and finally the battle of the miamis ohio versus florida um Ohio and Florida, uh, two battleground states, uh, but that's for a totally different podcast, totally different circumstances. Um, I'm going with Miami, Florida. I mean, I, I have to. I, I think that is my safest pick out of all of these in week one. And actually, this is like week one, part one. Next week, you can't even really call it week two. You can call it week one, part two, because of, apparently instead of doing what they did last year where you had three week or like not even a week, it's like week zero, and then you had week one, and that instead they're like, oh, we're just going to call the first two weeks the same week. So it's there's week one, part one, and then there's week one, part two. So those are my picks for week one, part one. Navy over Notre Dame, North Carolina State over UConn, Utah over Florida, Nebraska over Minnesota, Georgia Tech over Louisville, and Miami, Florida Hurricanes beating the Miami, Ohio Red Hawks. All right. And again, you guys can go to uh, at Drop the Gloves Podcast or Spotify to make your picks. All right. Now going on to the news surrounding the college football or college athletics. Um so I know I have said on here that I wanted to make T-shirts about the Pac-12 and the ACC joining. 
it, I had to come down off of cloud nine or I had to get out, I had to get out of the clouds and come back to reality and just realize that the logistics of that happening are very, I mean, going to be really difficult. And I think about it. I mean, all these West Coast teams or even East Coast teams trying to pay their athletes or pay for transportation to go from the East Coast to the West or West to the East. That, I mean, it was a great idea when we all thought, oh, the Pac-12 is in trouble. What are they going to do? Who are they going to get? ACC is starting to have that, uh, was it the, the bad apple in the group is starting to make the whole thing look bad. So maybe we get the ACC and the Pac-12 to join forces or something like that. Um, so not too far from that, actually, because... This past week, Stanford and Cal missed out on the ACC membership by one vote. Technically, though, they never really voted. They delayed said vote or meeting. Uh, the ACC schools did. And uh, they needed 12 out of 15 schools to vote yes in favor. And apparently they didn't get the 12. But no formal vote was held, but the article said they missed out by one vote. So either it was an informal vote and they said, oh, hey, it's not going to be possible, or it was a formal vote and they missed out by one. And it, the article did not say which school or which schools did not um, approve, uh, did not vote yes for the for them becoming uh, new members of the ACC conference. Uh, however, Stanford is still holding out. Uh, for membership, they they still would like to be a part of the ACC, even though they missed out on this initial vote. Um, they even went on. They even went so far to say, "Please let us come to the ACC, and we will surrender any media payouts for the next several years." You wow, wow, guys! If you're that desperate, if you're that desperate, just fold, okay. Here, here's my here's my new theory. The Pac-12 is dead, okay? And I'm going to get to Oregon State here in a minute because Oregon State does play a little bit of a role here. But the Pac-12 is dead. This is the last year of the Pac-12. We we have the writing is on the wall. I mean, once once Oregon and Washington made made note that they were going to the Big Ten after was it two years or last year. After last year, USC and UCLA said they were leaving. It's like the writing was on the wall. What are you going to do without those two California schools? And those were big schools, big football schools. What are you going to do? And now you and then you lose Washington and Oregon to the Big Ten. Uh, Colorado went from the left the Pac-12 to go back to join the Big 12. Uh, the whole Deion Sanders effect and everything. But we just have to we have to face facts. The Pac-12 is dead. We have to. We have to. I mean, time of death, Monday, August 21st at uh, 7.51 a.m. OK, we, we just have to call it. We have to call it here right right here and now. They're dead. It's dead. This is its last ride. It's over. That's my opinion. OK, it, 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 it's over. We, we have to say we have to say farewell. Farewell, Pac-12. It was nice knowing you while you lasted for almost 100 years or over 100 years. But the dream is not dead, apparently, for one school, and that is Oregon State. 
uh, Oregon State's athletic director went on to quote in uh, the org Oregonian. Oh my gosh, how do you say that? Oregon, Oregonian. Oh gosh, Oregonian. I'm gonna say Oregonian because that's the best way I think I can pronounce it. If that's not how it's pronounced, then come at me, bro. Um, but he even went on. He went on to be quoted in this pa- uh, in this newspaper called the Oregonian. My gosh, I cannot talk. Um, saying he, the university is committed to rebuilding the Pac-12. How are you going to do that? Please walk us through your ten points. Uh, your ten point uh, PowerPoint presentation. Please, please walk us through that. I'd love to know where, how are you going to rebuild a conference where you have essentially two more teams, two the last two California teams in said conference that are trying to join another conference all the way out east, all the way out to the east coast. Please tell me how that's going to happen. Uh, I, I don't think it is going to happen. I think Oregon State also needs to face facts. It's over. The dream is dead. It's time to move on. I don't get to make the t-shirts. I don't get to make the t-shirts of the Coast to Coast Conference. I don't get to trademark it. I don't get to copyright it because it's not going to happen. It's just not. And even if Stanford was to get into the ACC, ooh, one school. Can't really say Pac-12 merges with ACC. All you can really say is Stanford holds out and they get membership. (laughs) Membership. Membership. Wow. Membership with the ACC. That's it. That's all you can say. One school join. It's not like half the Pac-12 joined the ACC. It, I mean, if if Oregon and Washington and Arizona, Arizona State and Utah, if all those schools were still with the Pac-12 and then they merged with the ACC, then yes, I can make the t-shirts, but it's not going to happen. The t-shirt dream is dead. The Pac-12 is dead. We, we just need to start moving on. We need to start weighing other options. And the other options facing Oregon State and Washington State right now is they either join the Mountain West Conference, which I think is a good idea. I mean, both are upcoming. Uh, Washington State and Oregon State are both upcoming football programs. Oregon State had a really good season last year. They knocked off Oregon. I know that. But then again, so did Georgia. Ugh, nightmares. Washington State has a good upcoming football program as well. Not as good as Washington, their in-state rival, but it was a good football program. It is a good football program. The Mountain West is pretty good in terms of football. Other sports, mm, not so much. You don't hear so much about the Mountain West when it comes to like basketball or baseball or anything like that. So... So it makes sense for a football standpoint to have Washington State and Oregon State join that conference or even joining the American Athletic Conference because the American Athletic Conference just lost uh, three or four teams uh, that are going to join the Big 12, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, BYU, and what's the fourth one? It's a Florida team. Central Florida. That's it. Central Florida. So, I mean, you're you're losing. So they've lost four teams. So what better way to you know add add some teams, and that and even if they are out west, it it's still it's probably more doable for the American Athletic to do to to have Western uh, 
college teams join than to have Western college teams join the ACC because the Athletic American is more, I mean, it's still mostly the eastern half of the United States, but there's there's not probably going to be as big of a travel distance. Probably. I mean, again, I failed math, and I also failed time and distance ratio. I, in other words, I failed science on that. Why do you think I'm doing a podcast, guys? I, I, I failed everything else that could mean anything out in the real world. Okay. I know it's not true. Charlie, stop putting yourself down. Jeez, what a buzzkill. It's a joke. If I can't make fun of myself, then who can I make fun of? All right, but... And SMU is also seeking ACC membership. So Southern Methodist University, a team that we were all that just two weeks ago, me and uh, the Lord co-host Devin were saying that oh SMU could po- possibly join the Pac-12. Wrong, not happening. What what a mess! What a mess! I I don't. <laughs> It's just so mind-blowing that I can't believe this is where we're at in college football or college sports. This college realignment, man, it was fun at first when a few teams were leaving here or there. But now that now that you have potential now that you have one whole conference gone, it's like, okay, what the hell happened here? I mean, it's I mean, it's like you know, it's like that science experiment. You're like, you're just like so fascinated that you want to like watch the thing explode and you, and you don't care how it happens and you don't care what the aftermath is until it's over. And then once it's over, it's like, well, now what? Now what do we do? That's kind of where we're at. What do we do now? We'll have to see after this year because n- all of these conference realignments will not will not go into effect until potentially all of them next year, the 2024-2025 season. It's going to be really, really weird. Really, really weird. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's pretty much it here in the penalty box. Oh, real quick. Actually, I totally forgot about this. I was going to cover uh, this because I did say we had baseball, uh, but... Uh, really the only baseball that is going on or the only baseball that I care about right now is the wild card because the wild card is uh, fascinating in my opinion. So the Cincinnati Reds hometown team are now in the wild card. They were out of it for the last couple weeks. They're now back in. They're just barely holding on to that third wild card spot, but you got the Miami Marlins and the Chicago Cubs bringing up the rear. Arizona Diamondbacks are one game back. Cubs are half a game. Marlins are actually tied with the Reds, but the Reds have broken the tiebreaker and have that third spot. Uh, Padres are about five games back, and then after that, it's kind of pretty much all said and done. Uh, For the American League... Tampa Bay Rays, Houston Astros. Who would have thought the Astros would be a wild card team, right? Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, and then a half game back from the Blue Jays, you have the Seattle Mariners. Uh, and then the Boston Red Sox at three and a half games. And then the Yankees at six and a half games. So the wild card race is kind of the race to be looking at. I wouldn't be really too worried or concerned or 
care about the whole divisions. But if you're a team like the Reds, uh, the Cubs, the Marlins, the Mariners, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays, you are just you're one of those bubble teams. You you want to be that last team in, and, and you definitely want a chance. You definitely want that. So definitely going to be keeping an eye on the wild card as we move forward uh going into this college football season and then eventually the nfl season as well okay and with that i will end here in the penalty box want to give a special shout out to spotify for podcasters our hosting platform thank you guys for 134 episodes strong we are also on apple amazon music iHeartRadio, and Google, F you, Google, and please be sure to follow the show on Instagram at Drop the Gloves Podcast, all lowercase, all one word. I've said it so many times on this show about where you can go to come at me, vote in the stories, go on Spotify for the poll question or for the poll and for the Q and A. Go there, interact, come at me, bro. I dare you. It's football season, baby. Woo! I am your host, Charlie, and I will see you guys next week in the penalty box. And this one is in!